Harrow's awake on a desert island, with no weapons, armor, supplies, or even food. How did they get here? Where did their ship go? The last few weeks are a haze of missing memories. They'll have to find what they've lost and forgotten, if they hope to survive a desert island filled with cannibals, the restless dead, ancient treasure, greed, and fellow castaways with secrets to kill for. Sugarfuel Gamers, in association with RPG MP3, presents Lost and Forgotten, a mini-campaign adapted from Soul for Smuggler's Shiv, from the Paizo Adventure Path Serpent Skull. Episode 1 Welcome to Lost and Forgotten. Thanks for listening. First, just a few words about what we were up to with this campaign. This is the adventure Soul for Smuggler's Shiv, book one of the Paizo Adventure Path Serpent Skull. Now, while I really liked this first book, I thought the rest of the adventure path was quite badly lacking, so I've adapted most of the elements in the first book into its own complete mini-campaign. If you've read or played Soul for Smuggler's Shiv, you'll hear most of the adventure elements in here, but the overarching plot has changed around so that our story concludes at the end of this adventure as a self-contained mini-campaign. A few words about our mechanics... This is an adventure written for the Pathfinder system, backwards converted and run in 3.5 Dungeons and Dragons. The players are beginning as second level characters. We wanted to enhance the survivalist and the get by with what you have aspects of this adventure, so we put a few basic restrictions in place. The players were asked not to play druids, sorcerers or monks, three of the most self-sufficient classes, and to not make characters that were built around having any particular pieces of gear. Uh, They were told they'd be starting up with no gear at all, as passengers or crew of a ship sailing past the jungle area of Mwangi Expanse, cast away on a desert island with no gear and missing their memories of how they got here. Over the course of the campaign, we wanted to play with concepts like the improvised weapon rules, the dangers of a desert island, and get some real excitement going at finding something as basic as a dagger and loot, the sort of thing you wouldn't see in most normal D&D games. To that end, you'll hear us using a couple of invented mechanics in this mini-campaign, Equipment damage or rules about the wear and tear of the elements, reducing the quality of gear, to encourage our PCs to scrounge for new armor and weapons continually. The second mechanic is morale, where the PCs have to make daily will saves to see how they're keeping themselves together on the island, giving them bonuses or penalties accordingly. You'll also hear us playtesting a few changes to the D&D 3.5 skill system, such as combining spot and listen into a single skill called perception, climb, jump, and swim into athletics, We wanted to play around with this and see how it worked, with an eye to using it in future campaigns. This mini-campaign isn't particularly our finest work. We played this around our world's most wondrous year campaign, our Savage Worlds pulp adventure about racing the evil Phileas Fogg around the world, also available in podcast. But we played this as a filler campaign around that, when we lacked a couple of players from it. You'll have to excuse the occasional cluelessness of the players and the GM. For us, it had often been two or even three months since we last picked up a session of the game. So to begin, our three players were asked to pick a trait for each of their characters explaining why they were on the ship, and then to pick an NPC on the ship that they'd have a negative interaction with. You'll hear more about that as we play on. Our three characters are Helen, playing Lydia Tamerlin, a Catapeshi street rat halfling rogue. She took the campaign trait Treasure Hunter, where she was aboard the ship with a partner she can no longer remember, looking for a big score. Adam is playing Richard Tiny Nicodemus, an ex-gladiator, human fighter, He took the campaign trait would-be explorer, unable to remember what specific rumor brought him aboard the ship, but knowing that he's chasing a dream of exploring lost ruins. Miriam is playing Zwi, a herbalist gnome ranger. 
She took the campaign trait Hunter of Evil, where her instincts tell her that somebody aboard the ship had a dark purpose that needed to be stopped. Now if only she could remember who. We begin this recording in episode 1, having finished building the characters and done the math, and beginning the game proper. Thanks for listening, and enjoy Lost and Forgotten. You are all travellers aboard a ship, basically, and have been for the past several weeks, kind of thing. Um, At this point, you're all equipped with whatever you'd standardly be carrying, which you're free to just dictate freely as you like. I'm wearing a nice set of masterwork studded leather armour and about ten hidden daggers. Um... And, you know, it, it's it's beautiful and lovely, and that's what I want to be wearing. And I've got these thieves' tools in my bag, and I've got all this great stuff. <laughs> and so we we have three people of actual importance on the ship, actual PCs. Yep. Um, so give me, I, I think, um, a, a character introduction, a, a picture of them, their name, that sort of thing. Yep, sounds good. Okay, um, Lydia Tamalin is a um, halfling girl of relatively young age, originally from the um, major metropolitans of Catapesh, where she was a um, street entertainer, acrobat, juggler, street magician, and the like, to make money for her family, until um, her aunt that was raising her died and she set out on the career of a travelling treasure-hunting adventurer. She has thus far failed to either make the big score or track down a trustworthy party that she can work with. However, she is on the ship with her partner, who she trusts implicitly, but we will describe in absolutely no way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Lydia is um, pretty halfling-sized. She's she's a regular little three-foot... A tall girl with um, curly brown, curly short brown hair, close, cut close to the head, and green eyes. She is um, commonly wears um, either brightly coloured clothes or her masterwork, um, her masterwork studded leather armour, depending on the situation. And she is festooned with daggers, but you can't see most of them. <laughs> she has a big backpack, liberally stuffed with all the things adventurers like to carry, because she is a rogue, and that's what they have. And it's very nice. She treasures it, but I lose it. <laughs> but she's kind of fairly stuff-oriented. And another passenger on the ship is... Zwee. Like a little gnome. Zwee. Or Zwee. Zwee. I think I can do Zwee. <laughs> Zwee. Zwee. Yep, we can do either. Whichever one you prefer. I had the same argument with my conversation with my friend. We can, I, I pronounce it Zwee. It's Z-W-I. She pronounces it Z-Y. So I like Zwee. I think I as the Zwie. person whose name it actually is, you get to pick. I say Zwee, but... Zwee. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm going to mispronounce it as Zwee. <laughs> um, so she's from Mwangi, the uncles of Mwangi. Um, Which probably generally makes you quite dark-skinned and tan yeah. style of thing. Um, she is... A herbalist and a ranger, and she carries a bowl with her little dagger that has like, herbs and stuff. Yeah. Nice. Yes, you, you probably haven't um, actively declared this to people as no. such, but you were on the ship because you are taking the trait of hunter of evil. Someone on board the ship has made you uneasy. While the ship was simply a means of arriving at your destination, your instincts tell you someone evil is aboard with a terrible agenda. 
Reference to learn more of left forgotten in a haze of memory. If you are suspicious of one of the passengers or crew, if only you could remember which one. You gain a plus two damage bonus versus humanoids. <laughs> and then the last relevant person on the ship. Um, we have Richard Nicodemus. Uh, he's a human fighter. He's quite tall for a human, but for some reason people know him as tiny. Um, He's got sort of a swimmer's build going on, where he's not overly muscles. He's, it looks like he's built for more of speed and dexterity. Uh, he's got grey eyes, short blonde hair. He has a long sword that's always with him, but he seems quite a relaxed person. A lot of the time you just see him lazing on the deck or just, uh, trading tales with the, uh, various sailors. Yep. Okay. And then the thing you need to have had at some point in this journey uh, is a positive interaction with one fellow PC, uh, by, by preference creating links between the three of you as opposed to you all pick the same person. Um, so it is up to you to determine uh, what that is and how it happens, the whole thing. So I was thinking that um, yours, your, my yeah, character could have had, had a, um, you know, like, I don't know how, if you're shy, or like, because we probably don't want to develop the best friendship ever, cause, but I was thinking we'd had, like, a few conversations and both kind of like the other person but been a bit nervous about yeah. um, developing the relationship style of things, like sort of budding friendship or whatever. Yeah. And um, I don't know what you thought about my suggestion about your character having rescued me from a scary interaction. That, that sounds okay. I can remember that. On the basis that, um, you know, potentially um, Miriam's one would apply to me, my one would apply to um, Tiny where I like him because he saved me, and then Tiny could possibly um, complete the circle and have a... Yeah, so that when you're a tiny's wire one. Got sick, got you, you getting sick would be one that would come to mind. And getting recovered. Keep in mind I am a healer, I can heal you. It is, I think it's pretty awesome that you're a herbalist. That's very yeah. cool. I'll, I'll probably want to approach you to hear about um, your homeland, really, because you seem so out of place with a name like that around here. I don't tell stories. Ah, but yeah. I could just... No, no. That, that You're actually quite accomplished at what he's looking for, though, with all the ranks in the old civilization, because that, that is the stat for all the history. And, I know, like to tell you, it's just I'm not, I'm not a storyteller character. No, yeah. no, that's quite alright. He, he's just going to, you know... Um, Basically, annoy you until you start telling him stories and positive interaction. Again, give me a second, and and, uh, when you do start telling him stories, you'll notice that he is a apt learner, not just a, you know, well, possibly usual brutus fighter type. Maybe you you like teach him some stuff about herbs and stuff. Like he gets interested, he finds out that's what you're really interested in, style of thing. Yeah, so Tiny is um, interested in you as a, as a sort of scholar or a person of. Um, I, I doubt you're exactly a, a heavily book lawny sort of sort of person, but 
that your um, your your knowledge civilization has come from actually poking around the jungle and seeing the old ruins that are there and the the sort of of course primitive tribes that live in the Mwangi expanse and that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I mean I can tell you, it's just it's not going to be stories. Mm-hmm. It's knowledge. Yeah, you're all done with the storytelling character yeah. after the previous campaign. <laughs> and um, Tiny is here as. As an ex-gladiator, he is now moving on from it. Why are you moving on from gladiator? Um, basically, um, I got to my last fight. Yeah. Earned my freedom. Yeah. Uh, the pit master didn't want to let me go, but I managed to get the crowd on my side, yeah. have, chanting, let him go free, basically. So it's it's moving along by necessity. Oh, yes. Yeah. He's not a nice person. And then we, we discussed just sort of following the... Um... Yeah, and then you changed kingdoms. <laughs> yes, very much so. Then we discussed just sort of following the stories you've been told from some of the other older gladiators about these amazing lost lands and past civilizations and things, and have heard... Some rumor that brought you aboard this ship. Exactly. Yeah, I changed. I changed continents like somebody running from the bomb. <laughs> okay, and then there are a bundle of crew and things on the ship, um, a bundle of passengers, but there are five people of note, um, whom each of you has to have picked a different person to have a negative interaction with, um, and we've sort of already picked these. So we have Ares Mulatto who is a very attractive half-elven woman, um, who, sort of at a remove, if you don't, if you haven't gotten to know her at all, seems kind of charming, but she actually drinks to excess. She, you have seen her start a fairly vicious fight with someone that was flirting with her, um, and she often just disappears for hours at a time for, to somewhere, presumably aboard ship, for no apparent discernible reason. And Tiny, you wanted to have a negative interaction with her. Yes. Um, she saw me, liked what she saw, started flirting with me. I did not flirt back. And she is, um, rather the woman scorned. Says you. <laughs> That's not what she says. And nobody saw it. <laughs> she says you were hitting on her. Sure I was. So, then you got, the, then she took a swing at you? Well... Yeah, but she's not a fighter, though, so probably didn't do any damage. I can imagine. Nope, <laughs> nope. She, she, she gave you. She gave you. Well, she wouldn't have actually given you a pretty serious beating style thing. But where other people have come upon this interaction is when you've heard scuffling out of the deck and come out to find the two of them rolling around, smacking the hell out of each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she she can throw one. Nice. She beat she she certainly wouldn't beat the shit out of you, but um she will give you a good beating, not necessarily winning the fight. You know you know what I mean. Yeah, she yeah. she holds her own in a fight, that's what we're looking for. Yeah. And I would imagine that Tiny isn't the sort to take any shit in terms of yeah. being hit. And, and both of them will come up and say the other one was hitting on them and wouldn't go away. Yeah. Ah, the sexual sexual tension in the air. Um... <laughs> I don't believe that. <laughs> if only I had one. Gallic Aberwin. Uh, the gnome bard who is very finely dressed in nobleman's clothing, who is um, a very talented sort of speaker, um, but has this kind of mean streak. He insults people behind their backs. He's a, a prankster as well, and the pranks are not harmful per se, but certainly border on. It's the kind of guy that would think laxatives in your food is the height of humour style of thing, because you're not being hurt by it. It's merely 
humiliating and inconvenient. And Miriam, you have had a negative interaction with him. Yep. Do you want to go with the one that we were discussing earlier? So you have come on board seeking seeking this evil and up to no good and have your suspicions that it is Gallic, um, and have endeavoured to gather information on him behind his back and ask people a bunch of pointed questions about who he is and what he's doing here. And of course, because he's a bard, he can pick up yeah, on that kind of thing. Because he is more socially adept than you, he has picked up on this kind of thing and come round and basically ask you, you know, who the hell you think you are and what you're doing poking into his business. He hasn't physically accosted you, but he's given you the poke, poke, poke in the chest style of thing. What's your response to that thing? You've more or less told him to piss off and die in a fire, or...? Uh, I, I, I've, I've stopped him from poking yeah. me. Um, and, and told him that, you know, I've, I've watched him interact and how he's treated people. And just, I, I'm not impressed, and I wanted to know who he he yeah. was, and who people thought he he was, and why they thought he was here. Yeah. That sense. Uh, then the third negative interaction we have is um, Lydia and Sasha Navar. Um, Sasha is a halfling Kalish dancer um, who seems like a very bright and happy and bubbly person at first uh, but in fact is actually kind of manic and is very enthusiastic about violence she was sitting there in the side of the fight between Eris and Tiny going you know kick him in the balls gouge her in the eyes style of thing in a very happy excited fashion you felt felt just like her Tiny you've seen like the wheelie bloodthirsty bastards that show up at the gladiatorial pits, not hoping to see a contest of skill, but hoping someone will get really badly hurt, mm. and you're seeing it here again. It's basically an evil version of Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn is evil. Yeah. Not to that degree, no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think the character is less evil than Harley Quinn, you'll notice, because the ship is not yet on fire. Now, Harley Quinn's definitely more chaotic. I do, it depends on which version. Anyway, yeah. moving along. Uh, so that is the sort of personality type she is. What is the negative interaction you've had with her? Okay, so um, Lydia being quite a friendly sort, and particularly, you know, comfortable with people, you know, you know of her age, rough age and age, gender and class, has endeavoured to make friends with other small, yep. small halflings and gnomes on the ship. Um, and in addition, and um, with um, what's her name? Sasha. With Sasha, she's found someone who's from a very similar background, both being Catapeshi halflings. Yeah, and and, and actually a quite, performer as well. Yeah, a performer as well. We, we seemed to, we, we got along so well and we were, we were getting really close. And then she started to unnerve Lydia a little bit. And then she started to really creep her out. And then Lydia started finding places to be that weren't there whenever Sasha came into the room and just kind of generally, you know, the boat became a little small. <laughs> And she still doesn't know what it is about Sasha that started creeping her out. She she couldn't put her finger on it. She just started hiding. And she's actually moderately good at hiding. <laughs> and so should we say that at, at the point where you have then run into Tiny has been um, when she's found you somewhere and has started insisting on um, you, you can pull off this great performance for the crew of knife throwing, where you'll go and stand over by the mast and she'll hurl knives at your face. Yeah. And she claims that she's good enough at it that she can trim your ear, your hair without clipping your ears. Yeah. 
that you, of course, don't actually want to let her do it. It's then when she's going, but it'll be great fun, and waving knives in your face. Yeah. The tiny sort of walks in and says, oh, what's going on? Again? Yeah, it sort of looms protectively. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, seems very appropriate. Okay. Yeah, because um, Lily was trying to come up with a way to say no, and she was like, you know, don't yeah, you trust but, me? But diplomatically, because you've still got to be on a ship with this woman. Yeah, and, and she's waving knives in my face. <laughs> okay, so... That is... Look, I'm really good at it. I'll show you. <laughs> Stab right by your ear. <laughs> so those are the strongest memories that you will be taking off the ship. Those are the things that have stuck out most. Uh, the two other people that you will remember but haven't necessarily had strong interactions with are the two other NPCs. Uh, Ishuro. Uh, here's a gnome from Tianzai um, who claims to be a simple fisherman. Um, and yet, to those of the, to the two of you who are martially trained, he is very obviously in the same boat. He carries himself with sort of a fighter's stance. He walks around armed all the time, which is not hideously unusual in the D&D universe, but he, it doesn't match with the story he's telling you. So he's quite polite and, and you know, perfectly personable and things. It's just he's completely incongruous because he says he's just a fisherman, yet he's clearly a fighter of some capacity. Um, and he's also quite some ways from home, from Tianzai. Uh, and the last one you have seen is Jask Durindi, um, who is, of all strange and exotic creatures, a human being. <laughs> um, he looks like, uh, is why you would probably recognize him as being a Wangi man. He's also very dark skinned, um, and, and sort of dreadlocked hair and that sort of thing. Um, He's clearly a prisoner. Um, he is kept in manacle, manacle hand and foot, and the only times you have seen him on the ship is when he's in the mess hall or occasionally walking around the deck, stretching his legs, accompanied by crew members. Uh, none of you, however, have been able to approach him and actually find out you know, why he's been kept prisoner, what his crime is, and that sort of thing. But it's, it's generally odd bordering on creepy. There's this guy in manacles that's just somewhere in the ship being transported somewhere. Alright. Is that all as clear as muck? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And then I will then give you, if you want them, your um your harrow card. Ooh. Ooh. So Lydia. Um your harrow card is the Demon's Lantern. Ooh. The chaotic evil card of dexterity. It represents an impossible situation of traps. Tricks of mind and sleight of hand. I buy that. So it is the Demon's Lantern, Dexterity. Um, Tiny. Yes. Um, Your card is... uh, The Eclipse. This is the lawful evil card of wisdom. It represents self-doubt, loss of faith or loss of purpose... Um, and the subjects doubt about his abilities or his future prospects. And Zwei, uh, you have the desert. This is the chaotic good card of constitution. It represents an environment too difficult for anyone to survive without help. Uh, the Sphinx can of- often represent a source of salvation from the situation. It is often used to represent doctors or healers bringing salvation in times of plague or illness. 
those are your cards. Nice. So it's the yeah. the desert is constitution, the eclipse is wisdom, and um, the demon's lantern is dexterity. <laughs> my card is my lowest stat. <laughs> What was your card? Uh, the Eclipse, which is based off wisdom. My constitution is pretty good. <laughs> My deck is awesome. I think the deck is very appropriate. one on evolving craft. So the camera sort of sees these interactions loosely on screen. Um, Pretty much in a sort of montage as the credits roll, and we get Zwei as the Gnome Ranger, <laughs> as played by Miriam, kind of thing. Um, and from your point of view, everything is ticking along normally. You're on the ship, you've been on the ship for several weeks, you're expecting to be on the ship for several more weeks. Um, it is going to a number of different destinations, style of thing. Um, but outside of those interactions, a lot of that information is lost to you because everyone will be a fortitude save as we begin the campaign! Yay! What a great start. Ten. Twelve! Mine is better. Winky. Yeah, you're going to be the, you're the fort monkey. Fourteen plus six. Very what nice. was yours, Tony? Ten. Ten. Probably going to get seasick. So, Zwei, mm-hmm. uh, everything is dark and silent, and then there's a sensation, something warm pressing against your face, against the side of your body, something wet at your feet, a sound in the background, it's... It's all blurry, like like you're just coming out of a long sleep or a hangover or something like that. You can hear the... Gently in the background. Something feels vaguely heavy on your leg. And then... Ah, 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 searing pain in your foot. And your eyes snap awake. And... You appear to be lying face down on a beach. The the last your your head is spinning. You have no idea how you got here. The the last vague coherent memory you have is you were on the ship. You were talking to um, you were talking to Gallic is the first thing that springs to mind. But, but no no you you know that was a while ago now. But you were on the ship, and now you're here. You're lying face down on a beach. Um, the waves are lapping at your foot. The, the waves are lapping at you. Um, as you start to stir, you will realize that you are out of armor, which is not necessarily highly unusual, given you wouldn't usually be wearing a round on a ship for the thing of falling overboard and that kind of thing. Um, but your weapons are gone as well, which is much more unusual. That really should be. And then there's that horror... And, and then, as you think for a moment, there is that horrible searing pain in your foot as something goes clamp on it, and can you lose a hit point? 
And then what do you do? Uh, I look at my foot. Okay. You're sort of... Not unreasonable. <laughs> <laughs> you, you roll over slightly. As you do so, there's sort of sand crusted all over the side of your face. Um, you feel really quite out of it. Like you have been bashed and bloodied and beaten and smacked around. And... Um, generally have this sort of swimming headache. It, it feels very much like a hangover. Um, I presume you've had a hangover before, so you probably know what the sensation... You, you the character, not your player. You've had a hangover before, so you probably know what the sensation is like. Um, but the most important thing is the searing... The most important thing immediately is the searing pain in your foot. And when you turn around, there is this creature. It's actually quite large relative to you. Um, it is about the size of your little leg, so to a human size, it's sort of knee to foot. On a gnome yeah. size, it's knee or it's it's foot all the way up to thigh. Um, it looks like some sort of spiny, um, almost vaguely lobster-like creature. Legs up, mm. lovely. Um, certainly not what you would what you would have been expecting to wake up to. Um, and it has got its claws around your foot and appears to be trying to basically um, rip a chunk of flesh off it. And indeed has somewhat already succeeded in doing so to a little scar, a little cut rather. Um, furthermore, there are a couple more of these things coming out of the water and two more people, each one lying a couple of metres away from you on the beach, um, one of whom looks like Tiny, also lying face down in the sand, um, head very slight, ju- just out of the water style of thing, um, also appears to be unarmed and armoured, unarmoured, and Lydia in the same basket as well, a couple of metres away down the beach. And three of these creatures coming up to gnaw on you. And you're welcome to make a knowledge nature check, so as are, for they are clearly some sort of animal. Um, they look like, you know, vaguely spikery, spiky, lobstery creatures. They're definitely not native to the Mwangi jungle because they're clearly sea creatures. Um, but you don't know what they are, per se. Do they look like they're burrowing? Uh, no, they do not look like they're burrowing. They look like they're swimming. Nice try, though. They look like they're swimming up out of the water towards you. Uh, you you can actually use your wild attempt to use your wild empathy on them if you so desire, which is sort of wild empathy is. Um, do you have a good description of this? I never really did. Um, you, it's it it's, it represents your ability to bond with wild animals and convince them to do things. It's the you know yeah. like how yeah. to train your dragon. On the other yeah. hand, it takes about a minute to do, and it is presently biting you, so it will yeah. probably bite you several yeah, yeah, times. Yeah, it's not um, a good choice for an animal no. that's already attacking you. Um, so you could wake, you could wake your, or you could wake the unconscious people up, or you could attack I, one I of the things. I don't think I'm close enough to wake you guys up. No, you're you're lying face down, so it'll pretty much be. I don't think we desperately need to lay this out on the minis map because it's a fairly featureless beach. But you're lying face down, so it'll be move action and actually an attack of opportunity to stand up. Yeah. Um, and then another move action, and technically another attack of opportunity to. Um, okay, yeah, you probably want to engage the crab you're in, getting attacked by. 
I'm going to call them crabs in the absence of an actual name. Yeah, they are. Crabby. They're very clearly crabby. I was trying to say they're not that... Crab is what I thought of when I heard the foot paint. It doesn't actually look that much like the thing in the book. More like a lobster. Yeah, they're clearly some sort of crabby, lobstery creature. But... Crustacean. Yeah. But, but, you know, an obviously, at least vaguely dangerous one, as opposed to, you know, a normal crab is not really going to threaten you in any fashion. I can see what you mean about writing down a basic melee attack. You don't have to. Yeah. Is any kind of um, sticker anything around? You sort of glance from on the beach. In fact, you can see several, basically, um, little chunks of little little rocks and things around, sticks, things of that nature that you could grab at if you were so inclined. Yeah. So I just want something to help. Yeah. Something to bash it with? Yeah. Yeah. So what you're basically down to here is... um, you know, if you had a proper weapon, you'd just draw your standard, um, you know, short sword or dagger or whatever and stab away at the thing, but you, you don't appear to have it on you. So, at this point, your choices are you can either try and literally beat it with your fists or kick it or stomp it or use your unarmed strikes, um, which has the upside that it's easy, it's the easiest way to hit them because you know how to punch and kick things, but it probably does, it, it A, doesn't do a lot of damage and B, um, uh, provokes from them unless you have specific training and unarmed strikes, which I think no one here does. Um, and your other alternative is to pick up an improvised weapon, so you grab a stick from the beach and you try and beat it with it, which is um, prevents you from getting attack of opportunity, but gives you penalties to hit essentially. So is that a minus two or a minus four? That is a minus four. It's an improvised weapon Oof, yep. because what you are picking up is just a random yeah. chunk of stick. It is not a um, it is not a well-designed, well-balanced club kind of thing. As a tiny person, your damage will yes. be particularly these, poor. These are not them. these are not good options with which to yeah. engage a creature, but well, you do not have better options available yeah. to you. All I want to do is get my leg out. So pick up a stick, hit it with the stick. Yeah. Okay. So you stand up and reach down as you do so and pick up a stick. You won't actually get to hit it this round because that's all your actions. One yeah. to come up from pro and one to grab the stick. And as you do so, the creature snips at your foot and endeavours to snip at your foot again. But, however, you are no longer unconscious of things, so it actually has to make an attack. Now. Uh, which it will miss terribly. You yank Yay. your foot back out of the way. Good job. <laughs> and then you look past and a few moments later, um, then you see Lydia down the beach. Um, Lydia, it is, you have a very similar sensation to why I can give you the same descriptor again, or you can just take it as written. No, I think I, I, yeah. I'm okay with my it's, head swimming it's on the beach. It's your head is swimming. Um, you stir, you're on a beach somewhere, you can hear a sort of few grunts of, ow, ah, coming yeah. from up the beach, and you glance up. Just trying to see this thing right in your face that yep. clips on your nose. Yep. Uh, can you also lose a hit point? Yep. And then proceed accordingly. Yep. And you too have no idea how you got here. A quick glance shows the ship is, you know, there's no ship out there in the bay kind of thing. Yep. There's L- beach on this side, jungle on that side. Uh, Lydia looks around, clearly, uh, looks around blearily, gets bitten, looks around in a much more focused way, clearly alarmed and panicked, and then decides to put it all aside. She grabs a large rock off the beach and endeavours to st- um, 
and endeavours to bash her critter. Yep. Um, so I want to actually take a swing into this round. I'm not going to stand up. Okay. So you basically roll on the ground, slightly grab a rock, and just kind of roll back and try yep. to bash it. Uh, yes, you can do so. Um, so I provoke for picking up the rock you anyway. Provoke for picking up the rock. Uh, it will... Wind bonus to hit you on the ground. That is a 13 to hit. Will yeah, that hit you? It will not. You are no longer flat-footed. Or no, whatever. and my dex is good. My dex is quite good, and I'm a little little target. Okay, so you grab a rock and you take a swing at it. So this is an improvised weapon. It is not, you know, a perfectly designed yep. rock for this sort of purpose. Um, it is, however, a fairly light object, so you can weapon finesse it. Oh, sweet. Okay. Um, so you are rolling your standard finessable to hit. Yep. With a minus four penalty because it is an improvised weapon. Yep, and because it is finessable, that actually gives me enough of a bonus that I um, am rolling that as plus one. Yep. However, I rolled a two, so okay. no. So you swing at it, but your head is swimming, you have yeah. no idea where you are, you weren't, whatever you were expecting. You yeah, I wasn't expecting, expecting to be bitten on the nose. <laughs> I, don't, I still haven't worked out where the ship is, and I don't know why I'm on this beach or why something is biting my nose. And you swing at it and miss it entirely, just yep. flailing away. Yep. And then we go to Tiny. Um, you also have the same sort of sensation, mm-hmm. the stirring, the pain, I think, in your arm, as one of them sort of bites you on the elbows, the exposed elbow style of thing. Yes. Um, you, would would you wear heavier armor standardly? No. So you you Yeah. I mean, generally speaking, you you don't remember wearing a lot of armor on the ship anyway, because people don't conventionally simply because the risk of falling overboard outweighs the and and the lack of comfort for the same reason you don't wear it in the inn style of thing. Mm. Um, but of course, you are also surprised by the fact that of your myriad weapons, none of them appear to be around. Um, like your gold pouch is gone, you know, any maps or anything you have gone, everything is gone, there's this thing biting you, and a halfling and a gnome a little further up the beach, swinging rocks and sticks at these things. Moreover, you feel terrible, <laughs> like you have a really bad hangover, as if you'd been not, not only on the source last night, but on the source for a couple of nights and then hadn't slept well either style of thing. Yep. Uh, congratulations, you are sickened as well. Oh, lovely. This would be an inglorious end to the campaign. failed your save the worstest. This would be an inglorious end to the campaign. Incidentally, do we all start with three hero points? Yes, you do. Cool, we don't need to deal them out now, I just think we should put hero points on yeah. our character sheet and bear in mind that we have them. Not that I'm expecting any of us to die here or anything. So this game, you'll start with four hero points, in fact. Oh, oh nice. Sweet. That's the so, same reason you have a high point by Standing up, is that a move action? Or a yes, yes it is. Okay, um, first I'm going to stand up. Yep, and the creature endeavours to basically clip your elbow as you do so, yep. and fails horribly. Cool. And now I want to start with a grapple check with it. Okay. Ah, fighter. Combat option. Medium-sized fighter. Yep. So you're basically like trying to reach down and grab the damn thing? Yep. Yep. Uh, as you do so... It is still busy nibbling your elbow. It doesn't have combat reflexes, so it doesn't take another attack of opportunity. Good choice. Uh, can you make 
this is this, this will be the same attack as an unarmed strike. You're trying to make a touch attack on it to actually physically make contact yep. with it before you grab it. It's a huge penalty for its size. <laughs> uh, not not for you to grab it. If you tr- as, yeah, the first bit is you making a touch attack against it. Yeah, at which point it can dodge away as easily as anything else. But, but when you try and restrain it, it's a bit more. Okay, so. I'm not going to use any of my um, special abilities, so yep. it's just going to be straight unarmed strike touch attack. Yep. 20. Remembering that you're second as well, so you're at minus 18. Two this, and you're at minus 2 to grapple check as well. Okay, you, you come to, and you feel awful, but nonetheless, this is sort of innate training, you know. There's something there, you need to grab it and restrain it. True, you're used to opponents that are a little bigger than this. You're used to weapons instead of claws, but nonetheless, the principle is the same. Duck around the claws, grab hook from the side, and you just pick the thing up off the ground and sort of hold it in one. It's probably fierce enough that you actually want to hold it with both hands and try to keep it away from your face. And can you make me a grapple check? You don't survive in the room as if you can't adapt to this. That's not so great. You are opposing a two. (laughs) You pick up the small creature and grapple it with ease. At which point you automatically deal damage to it, which is your unarmed strike damage. Yay! Which is a D3, plus, plus two. two is five. Okay, so you pick the thing up, and what what would you do to hurt it here? Uh, can I just ask, what did you roll on that dice? Uh, it was a three, right? Okay, so it's two, four damage. Yep. yep. Minus two for me in a second. So is that a correct damage as well? Yep. Oh. So it does. Although weapon damage, yeah. yes, it is a weapon. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so two, two, da- two damage. So what are you actually doing to it? Squeezing it, headbutting it. Um, it appears to have like a kind of hard, spiky shell, but there is flesh in there. Uh, I imagine, you know, being. <laughs> I, I look at dead in the eyes. Get my fingers in between its uh, the joints of its shell yep. and start to squeeze. Yep. And there are a few little squelching sounds from within. It doesn't seem to bleed, but you're, you're clearly doing something to it. Yeah, it, it. It frantically clicks faster. Yeah, it does indeed crash <laughs> and frantically click faster. Alright. And Hello, dinner. <laughs> and then it's species. Presumably given we've all access. Yep. So in this specific situation, it's kind of fort saves for initiative. You'll be getting actual initiative rolls later. But, yeah, um, that's right. Uh, first combination, I'm already using my size to my advantage. All right, so, to Um Yeah, well, certainly being the one, but you're basically <laughs> Gulliver. <laughs> you're going to be bigger than everything. Well, yeah. possibly the Isle of Monsters. The one in front of you, you're still lying on the ground. Yeah. The one in front of you dances back slightly and then lashes forward with its tail and sticks you in the shoulder with it. Right. So it hits a, it hits a 14 AC? It crit frets you. Oh, crap. Okay. And confirms the crit. Okay. This could be brief. I'm also the person with the lowest hit points. Two damage. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that sounded much more ominous. And it is like a slight sting in your shoulder. You go, ouch. Yeah. And then your shoulder seems to feel very slightly numb. Yep. Make me another fortitude save. Yep. Uh, that is a mighty nine. Yep. Your shoulder begins to feel uh, slightly numb, and can you lose a point of dexterity? Yes. What's more, it doesn't change my stats. 
at this stage. And Zwei, the same. You were actually up and trying to fend yours off with a stick. It's trying to duck around the stick and, and sting you in the foot with its tail. Uh, which it stings the sand several times, and you are probably more than skilled enough to see the little slight flick and the little squirt on the sand that indicates to you that it's poisonous. Uh, but only from its stings, not from its claws. And Tiny, uh, I believe it will sting you on a 15. Uh, yes. Yep. Can you take one damage? Yeah. And also give me a fort save versus poison. Nine. Can you lose dexterity as well as your foot starts Yeesh. to go slightly numb? Oh, no, it won't, it won't be your foot. It'll actually be one of your hands when yeah. you're holding it. It stings the back of your hand. Hands does, it starts to go slightly numb. And see drops. <laughs> yep. And then we come round to Zwei. Yes. Who is standing up with her stick. Yep, you're up. You've got a stick. You're in melee. You're already a go. Okay, I want to push it back in the ocean. Yep. Away from me. You, so you you basically swing and sort of try and golf club it. What's the crit range on an improvised weapon? 20. Ah. Always 20 by 2. Alright, so you've okay, got... Okay, so to work out what you're to hit yeah. is here. So this is your base attack. Your base attack bonus. Yeah. Which is whatever. Two. Plus your strength modifier. Minus 4, so minus 1. I make okay, it. we're already here. Yep. Sorry, it's just she's got a plus one bonus to strength and a plus two bonus to base attack. Yeah, yeah, sorry, I was just trying to do the math the long way to yep. people. So, Miriam, sorry, so, sorry, so yeah, I didn't mean to jump on. No, no that's fine. Uh, you're, you're rolling your dice at minus one. Um, so that's 18? Yep. Okay, so it is basically on the ground next to you, and you swing and try and sort of golf club it and smack it and try and smack it into the water, and your damage on this is 1d6 plus your strength modifier. Uh, seven. Okay, so you swing this, and you hear a sharp, you, you swing it sort of double-handed, well, probably actually with one hand, like a very classic golf club swing. You hear a, a sharp crack as you smack it across the midsection. It goes click, 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 splash out into the ocean. Not only is it well out of your rage now, you've smacked it, you know, 20, 30 feet into the ocean. It was very light, too, even, even though it was relatively large compared to you. Um... You don't think it's going to be coming back again in any hurry. You're pretty sure you KO'd it with that. Yeah. And Lydia. Um, Lydia will stand up. Yep. Um, and thus provoke. Yep. The claw! Clink, clink, clink. Take a point of damage. Yep. Having some It's not that hard to track everyone's AC given it's all the same at this stage. I know exactly what they need to roll the dice to do. Although it is as low as a mouse, but um, yeah, or, and then I'm going to try and hit it with my rock. Yep. And I am likely going to fail that. That's an eight. Uh, yes, you are, but only yep. just. Sweet. Okay. So Lydia is. You could also valiant. you could also step away from it and throw this rock if you were so inclined. It that would provoke. Yes, it would, but. Yeah, so no. Right, it's an option available. To oh, yeah, that's a good point, though, because because I've already I've already provoked from it. Yeah, yeah, I would like to do that. However, um, and then I get an additional plus one from the throw and rock, which yeah. was is a nine. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I get a plus one on the throw and weapon. I think actually we'll say that your choice. Actually, you can step away from it. Or you can throw the rock at it. And merely either way provokes. Yeah, I will step away from it and throw the rock. Pick bounces. Does actually clip its head. Yep, so I do damage? Yes. Okay, what's rock damage? Uh, that is 1d6. 
Okay. Plus strength, because it's thrown weapon. Um, so that is three points of damage. And a thoughtful with a rock. Picks off the thing that looks kind of dazed, staggers back for a moment, then click, 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 keeps coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now I have to pick up another rock. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the same rock is still there, so you could pick it up again, but Sweet. it'll provoke again. Yeah, yeah. And it's tiny. I attempt to pin my opponent. Go for it. This will end well for it. Yeah, I think I got, yeah. It opposes you with a three this time. Fifteen. You push it down into the sand and hold it there with ease. Cool. Can I then beat it up? Uh, you're pinning it instead of, instead of crunching it, I believe. Okay. But a pin only lasts for one round. Well, you're... Are you asking me how the grapple works? Yes, I am. I know this. <laughs> um... So instead of damaging it, you choose to pin it. Yeah. Um, now that you have it pinned, it's pretty much permanently pinned until it outgrapples itself. Excellent. So it can't attack you anymore, for starters. <laughs> and um, its options now limited to either escape artist checking or grapple checking to get out from your thing. You haven't hurt it this round, but next round you maintain the pin and endeavor to crunch it. So it makes it much harder to break the grapple because it has to do a two-stage. So pinning is definitely slower than just beating it up, but it's much safer. Um, So you didn't... Tiny's one didn't try and break the grapple last turn. You did mine and Zwei's, but not Tiny's. Uh, It decided to attack instead. It can't, I don't believe. Oh, yes, that's true. Yes. But... It's t- it takes penalties. It, right. It can attack because it's using like weapons and skills yeah. and things, but it takes penalties to do so. so. Right. So it actually missed Tiny rather than hit him last no, round. I, hit, I don't think it actually made an attack on him. No, no, you he did. did because right. right. he, oh, he took yeah, a dex penalty. Yeah. Ah, yes. Okay. So. Yeah. Uh, you can in fact remove the dexterity. Penalty and the um, point of damage. Yay, so, uh, thank you. I had forgotten it was grappled, so it wasn't giving it its minus four penalty. Nice. So yeah, it, it kind of stings you in the back of the hand, but just scrapes you instead of getting this thing actually in with the poison because you're wrestling it away. With the other hand. <laughs> and now it's pinned. Okay, and then it's the surviving two beasties. Yep. Um, Lydia's one, which is in a relatively good position, and um, Tiny's one, which is in a... Um, it's going to die. Tiny's one will, will totally attempt to make an escape artist check rather than rely on its grapple. Uh, you oppose this with your grapple. May actually succeed. Six. Uh, you keep hearing a crying noise. It doesn't seem to be any of that. It slips vaguely away from the pin and returns to being merely grappled. And that is all of its actions. Wow. Escape artist, thing, escape artist thing is the harder one. Yeah. Tiny's one does actually wrestle itself out of the pin yeah. um, with a lot of slippery manoeuvring, and, and he's forced to actually pick it up lest it escape again style of thing. Yep. Um, your one stings you again. Yep, so I take another point of damage. Yep, and another fortune save. Okay. Uh, Eleven. That one, however, doesn't seem to hit any sort of major veins or anything. Yeah. You shake it off. Um, at which point is now your turn. Uh, it's not what It shouldn't be Sorry, it is wise first, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. So I'll go better when I have an actual initiative tractor. Yeah. yeah. Go over to Lydia. Yep. Yep. Help her. Yep. Yep. She's not awesomely far away from you, so one movement will bring you in range of... But in fact, given where you all are, uh, can... Lydia, can you make me a quick luck roll? Uh, just a flat d20. 
Uh, ten. Okay. So, you are not in a position where you can run up and flank it within one round, but you yeah. can easily reach it within one round. Um, I'll go up and get ready to... Yeah, you, you can move up and bash it with your stick. Yeah, so that's what I want to do. Yep. Thank you. Uh, so, that's... Seven. Yeah, seven. So, at this stage, you will step up to swing at it, and, you know, the stick you were using is just a piece of driftwood, it is not well weighted, it is not well designed. You swing at it, do actually touch the thing, but it just bounces off its shell at this point. Sorry. You, you're in melee with my monster. Yeah. Thank you. Now, is it Zwei or Zwei before we actually start talking to each other again? Zwei, wasn't it? Zwei. Zwei. Sorry, if I was using the other one, that's my mistake. Okay. Uh, uh, and it's now you, Lydia, and you can, at this point, step into a five-foot flank if you so desire. Yes, um, so I want to... Can I pick up my rock and step into the... Yep, you'll Sorry. provoke, but... Um, even though I'm five-foot back, because I stepped out of nearly to throw the rock, provoking... Well, it'll step up to you to, to take a poke at you. When it's telling no. you? Well, it's my turn, not its turn. I'm not in yeah, nearly with it, because I'm five... first. Remember when... Oh, right, it, it moved, it moved yeah, up to me. Sorry, already. I didn't explicitly say it five foot six. No, 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 nat- naturally did. No, okay, that's right. Um, yes, I will scoop up my rock, move into a flank and provoke. Yep, it snaps at your fingers as you scoop up the rock, but yep. doesn't touch them. Cool, and then I endeavour to hit it with the rock. Yep. Okay, unfortunately I do not get my sneak attack bonus this turn as I flat miss it with yep. the rock. You and Zwei sort of fence it and poke yep. it with your sticks and rocks. I would be a lot more effective with that, yes. And tiny. I'm just, sorry, I'm just reminding, remem- remembering the um, YouTube video of the crab with the knife. <laughs> However, uh, Lydia looks considerably heartened by the absence, by the presence of backup, given she's not exactly right. winning this fight. I will attempt to pen it again. You could just crush it. <laughs> yeah, at this rate, we're going to have to come help you yep, finish off. Yep, can't oppose this with escape artist, so that's six for it. <laughs> Yep. The only thing it can do with escape artist is escape the grapple. It can't oppose your checks directly. Oh dear. So you pin, you grab, <laughs> slam on the ground again, uh, and it's their turn. Back to creatures. Yep. Attack the wounded prey or the less injured person. Uh, given its mighty intelligence of dash, I am going to decide at random. Yep. This is why I do it with high or low. Sweet. Sweet, so. Lydia. Yep. It stings you again. <laughs> yep, that seems like the logical move on its part, given it was trying to eat me. And one damage, one floor save. Yep. And I fail that floor save. Yep, lose another dex. Yep, okay, at this point my AC is an effective 13. Another 14. Tiny, your one flails ineffectually at you. Yes. It fails to break the fin. It's got four on its on its escape artist check. <laughs> you are Minus welcome to make the opposed grapple check if you so desire, but I wouldn't lose any sleep over doing so. Okay, and Swee yep. goes Swee. You've now got a plus two from flanking. Yep. Bring you to a grand total of plus one. To yep, so I want to try and push it back in the water like yep. I did with mine. Eighteen. Yep. Nice. Uh, that one is avoiding damage, so even your minimal damage will do this. There's no point in rolling it. Yeah. Um, you step behind, lever the stick under it, kind of gesture, Lydia to step back, and she she will duck her head back, and you flick it over her head, and it goes whoo out into the water. Thanks, sweet. You're welcome. 
Alright, Lydia will actually sit down because she is poisoned and um, in, poisoned and moderately injured. <laughs> injured. She's lost exactly half her hit points. There is still one actually going. Oh yes, that's right. Sorry, <laughs> Lydia will continue the fight. All right. In fact, that's very. So I will say, "Hey, thanks, sweet," and give her a big smile, and then I will heft my rock and look speculatively at um, yep. Tiny's beastie. And down the beach, about forty feet away from you, you can see Tiny sort of holding this thing down with, with a couple of hands while it tries to snap and bite at him. Okay, I will move twenty feet forward. Yep. And then um, I will throw... Fire into Maui. Don't throw a rock into the gravel. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a flat fifty percent chance of hitting Tiny. Okay, I will um I will instead move forty feet down the beach, yep. and that will be and heft my rock threateningly, preparing yep. to crush Tiny's pinned prey. Yep. Right. So now that it's pinned, what sort of AC does it have? Uh, I'm pretty sure it still has exactly the same. Hmm. Because well, basically, the this, to stop it acting. It's it's taking penalties to its AC against yeah. other against other people, but essentially the benefit you're deriving against it is taken up by the fact that you're having to actually hold it. Um, yeah, it loses its decks against other people, not against you. Hmm. Well, what the heck? I'll try and power attack the thing. Quite <laughs> You're yes, determined so, to use every so well in your first fight. Well, it's pinned. You can attempt to damage it with a posed grapple check. You can attempt to use its weapon against you and against it and sting it with its own tail. <laughs> or you can attempt to move the grapple, which is like you can throw it. So, go for your life. Yeah, I'm going to try power attacking it. Yeah. How much power attack? Two points. So okay. Maximum. Awesome. Natural one. Yep. You try and squeeze down on it, squeeze on an actual spike, and go, Ah, okay, no, not that. <laughs> Bad plan. Okay, and then this tiny poor little beastie endeavouring to escape the fin. Yeah. So, Zwee? 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 Is it Zwee? Well, pronunciation? Yeah, Zwee is the pronunciation, yep. but it's, it's not, not her turn. turn. <laughs> Struggles feebly. Oh, you will actually have to make an opposed grapple check on this one. It won't be automatic. You rolled an 18. Why can I roll that for attack? Alright. Now it's sweet. Sweet. You um, also want to roll 40 foot down the beach and get close to it? I, I'll, I'll move up closer and say, do, do you want any help? Uh, no, no, I got this. It's a little poisonous. <laughs> it's still good. Okay, I'm going to um, hit it with rock. Yep. <laughs> He's putting it down nicely. Do you have sneak attack damage yet? Because it has no decks. Yes, <laughs> yes I, do have, I do have to sneak attack damage. That's suitable. Now to me, it's tight If I can hit it with the rock. Uh, I've yet to hit anything, but this might be my lucky day. Uh, no, I think I hit my beastie once, yeah. Um, that's a... You're in fact hit your beastie quite hard. Uh, yeah, um, so it's a... I'm hitting it, so it's not merely... So it's a plus five minus one is... Plus five minus four is one. Yep, it's a 10, uh, I get 10 to hit it. Yeah, with ease. So well, it is held down, you smash it on the head with a rock. Okay, then it is a d6 rock and a d6, um, the, what's the rock damage when you're not throwing it, when you're just hitting Same. it? Same, d6. Sweet. Okay, um, I find a vulnerable spot on the crab. Yep. And deal it 7 damage. Yep, so you think between its eyes it's probably the softest, the, yep. it's, it's all shell, but it's probably the softest bit of shell. And indeed, yep. you bring the sharp, pointy bit of the rock down, and there is this crunch, crack, squelch sound, as you're pretty sure you've smashed the rock into what passes for a brain at this yep. point. And the thing just goes limp. 
and stops moving altogether and stops breathing and functioning. I pick it up. I wonder if it's edible. Alright, at this point, Lydia will sit down on the and, beach. And, <laughs> and at this point, given a moment to collect yourself, you, you look round, you can see the three of you, you all look uh, a bit, you know, tired and fatigued and out of it, you look lightly damaged from whatever you've sustained here. Um, there's nothing else, you don't obviously have giant brands in your head or manacles on or anything like that. Um, there is beach extending in either direction, there is a jungle, you know, 40 metres that away, and presumably the sea out there and that is what you see and you can hear the sort of you can hear sort of oh, 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 wah, 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 noises coming from the jungle you can hear the lap of the waves you can feel the heat beating down on you it's actually really hot here where you are um, feels like home <laughs> and that is where you are nice oh my head where'd the ship go Good questions. Um, bottom of the ocean is my guess. Lydia will pick herself up from the beach and walk out to the edge of the, the beach and sort of stare out into the ocean. Yeah. I presume there's no sign of a ship or no. wreckage of a ship or no, another no, ship on the no, horizon. Nothing obviously sightable from where yeah, you yeah. are. Just waves, waves as far as the eye can see until it turns into beach again. Perception check. Okay. Um, with your sharp-eyed vision, you look to either end, and you can see, just sort of at the edge of your perception, in both directions, the beach curves round out this way. You suspect you're actually in a cove here. Right. So there could be ship that is not sightable. So basically, you're you're in the end of, middle of a cove here. There could be ship that's not sightable here, here, or here, blocked off by jungle and island and everything else. Um, you can't see that. You can really perceive that there's nothing to see here. If you want to see anything further, you'll have to go to one of the bends of the cove to get a better viewpoint. Yeah. Or, you know, up a substantively high tree or something in that neighborhood. I guess we'll be shipwrecked. Do you remember? Unsurprisingly, this strikes everyone as odd, because that's the kind of thing you should <laughs> remember. Has anybody seen a sword? I remember having a sword. I don't have any daggers, and I don't go any place without daggers. I hate bows. Yeah, you you are all in your normal clothing. It's it possibly it's a little bit ripped, but that's about it. All right. Well, I guess we need some kind of weapons. All right. I'm going to have a look around for particularly throwable rocks. Yep. You you. Can make a luck check. Not a search check. I can actually search the beach for rocks. Oh, yeah, makes sense. Yes, you can do search the beach for rocks. Eighteen. Okay. Yes. So you find about four of what you'd consider to be the best, um, you know, decent throwing sharp rock style of thing. You know the. Like they're rocks. It ain't great, but this is yeah. what you've got. <laughs> yeah, it's better than nothing, so. Uh, can I? And I will. I think we're, I think we're in a cove. The the beach curves like this. I, I the the ship could, or our ship, or something could be further along. 
Oh, well, just start walking then. But which way? Do we go along the beach or go into the jungle? And Lydia's voice is a clear desire not to go into the jungle. Zwi, mm-hmm. can you give me a survival check? <laughs> <laughs> You're sure there are useful things, you know, that you could probably do if you could stop your head from pounding and actually think about it for a minute. Yeah. It's clearly day because it's it's hot and the sun is up, but you look up and can't even work out, you know, is the sun at 11 or 4? No. Ow. No. It's hot. I guess... Oh, I don't know. Left or right? Well, usually I'd say flip a coin, but someone's stolen all my coins. <laughs> flip a rock. <laughs> Alright. Pointy side, left. Alright, flip the rock. By all means. How do you wish to determine this rock flipping after? Okay, R- um, the, the um, high, is, high is left. Yep. You go right. Yeah. Um, so I think, do we want to, do we walk along the beach away? So you've got yep. basically beach and then going up into what looks like fairly dense jungle. If I see a sapling along the way while we're walking, I want to uh, pull it up and borrow one of your rocks so I can make a rudimentary spear. I will glare at you if you do this. Yeah. No. <laughs> what? Sapling, a tiny baby tree. No, 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 it's... Well, yes, it is really. Yeah, I think <laughs> okay. um, maybe maybe he's looking for a, a straight branch off a bigotry. Yeah, that that's fine. Yeah, that one would be stronger. Mm-hmm. It's all one tree that way. Yeah, but you are basically talking about how brutal. Yeah. Okay. So, unsurprisingly, there's nothing of a sort on the beach. Mm. You can actually go along and basically look along the edge of the jungle. You know, you step yeah. two or three metres into it, because I know you're not exactly paranoidly terrified of the jungle. <laughs> Try and find something suitable. And you can indeed find something that you sort of yeah, tug back and forward. This will take, you know, a few minutes. And then yank, wrestle it out of the ground. Nice. Um, you look at it and, and yeah... Um, you look at this, you look at the rocks you've got. What you've got is a perfectly good, you know, hitting stick to club things with here. Mm. In terms of actually turning it into a spear by carving it with the rocks, uh, you know, the rocks are very vaguely sharp. The wood is very vaguely carvable. This could take a while. It's certainly not going to be whack, 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 you're done. I've got time. Nor do you desperately want to do it while you're walking. So it's generally a bad idea. So you have, right, right now you have a stick. Yeah, after I can that. Yeah, uh, after time and a nightfall and a weapons crafting roll, maybe you have a I'm adding sapling to my equipment list. So yeah. basically, de- depending on what kind of sapling you want to locate, none of this will be terribly difficult because there are abundant trees in the jungle. You can have basically a little light one, a medium-sized one, a huge, big, heavy one, or any of those, but in long form. Um, heavy would be two-handed, wouldn't it? Yeah. So basically, you can have a D6 light weapon, you can have a D8 one-handed weapon, 
You can have a D10 double-handed weapon, and you can have any of them with reach, if you so desire. Ooh. It's just a matter of finding the right chunk of tree. Yeah, I'd probably be getting the larger stuff, but it's uh, D10 with reach. Yeah, you may or may not want the reach as the thing, because reach then means if things get closer, you, you can't can no longer swing it adequately. You have to sit five foot back to use it. Do you possibly want two sets? So two-handed then. Two-handed without reach. This is also, you know, preposterously heavy because it's not designed to be carried around anyway. So you're kind of slugging this fucking little tree over your shoulder. (laughs) Yeah, which is not entirely stupid. Yeah, so I think. So I assume you're just kind of sticking with the chunk of driftwood you found on the beach. Um. So um. I think. My eyes are most urgently looking for any kind of water source, like if there's a river flowing down to the beach or anything like that. Yeah. As we sort of wander along. Uh, presuming that you're not um, breaking or, off and act- actively searching for such a thing, which is sort of a survival check. I uh, think at the moment we just sort yeah, of Yeah, keeping your eyes out as you go. Um, plus three, no, plus two, if yeah, do not find anything of the sort along the beach. This is a very tropical beach. It is uh, hot, hot, fine-grained sand with the odd little bit of shell in it. Um, several moderately large chunks of rock around. Um, and as you come as you come around the edge of the cove, you will start to see. Towards the edges of the cove, there is a small gap heading into it, but there are big, sharp, jagged rock reefs on out in the water, and presumably that's where the chunks of rock are coming from, getting chipped off by the waves or passing manatees or whatever. So what can we see beyond the cove? Okay, so you can now see your map. Yay! Ooh, you started in the middle here. Right. And, and you're walking around to here. Right. Going right. Yes. Um... Incidentally, um, this map, for for player information rather than character information, is arbitrarily divided into artificial hexes as a um, point of distinction. There's no obvious line between them. Uh, if you want to... There, there's stuff in them that you'll find on a casual inspection, like you just walk vaguely through and there's something unmissably like a volcano there. Mm. If you want to find things that are actually... Uh, somewhat hidden in there, like the hidden well or the lost temple or whatever, you've got to actually search the entire hex instead of just walking through it. Um, and if you want, and that the same if you want to find like supplies or whatever. Um, and you get XP every time you search a hex. Nice. You're getting incentivized for hex exploration. But it takes up more time, I'm guessing. It does. So, when you come around here to the right, um, you will see that there is something there that catches your eye. Um, smashed against the smashed against the rock smashed against the rock reef, it looks like something has come over it and is now floating in the water on the other side in the relatively calm water. Um, it looks very vaguely like the spar of a ship. You know, possibly a bit of figure. It's a long, bobbing thing that's going up and down in the water like this. Right. I think it's probably worth taking a look at that. Definitely. 
Yep. So you will have to swim out to it. Yep. Lydia... It doesn't look like it's hideously rough water out here, nor does it look awesomely calm. Lydia wades straight into the water and endeavours to swim out to it, possibly accompanied by Zwee and um, Tiny. And Tiny, you have been... Well, after you have had, like, literally after only a couple of minutes of walking along this beach, your head is feeling less swimmy, you are feeling a lot better, you are no longer sickened. Yay! And... People are going to swim out there and grab this thing and swim back in? Uh, grab out, swim out and take a look at it. Yep. Starters. Yes. My weapon floats. <laughs> um, I'm going to, I'm going to leave all but one of my rocks on the beach because yep. I have nothing to carry them in yep. and I don't want to carry them while I swim, but I'm hanging on. You've probably got pockets. Oh yeah, my outfit. True. Like yeah. I would think, if you're going swimming, you don't want to fill your pockets with rocks. But one seems like a yeah. good compromise. Yeah, that's oh, oh, idiocy and um, yeah, I'll probably put the one rock in my pocket and leave the others on the beach. Yep. In an emergency, my weapon can be used as a life preserver. Yeah, that's probably actually the way you take it out. You literally put it on your arm and swim out from it. It's a floaty. Okay, and can people give me uh, what would be a swim check, but in this new strange world is an athletics check? Yay. Uh, so can I ask a question? Yes. As I kick out into the water and start swimming and Tiny supports himself with his life... Does it feel at all like I've already done this to my muscles today? Do my muscles feel sort of extra tired and fatigued? You feel sore generally, but, but, you've, but you, you haven't actually stopped and examined yourself or anything yet. Yeah, that's very true. 21. 20. 12. Uh, it's different from the last campaign, isn't it? <laughs> when none of us could swim. Okay. Until the end. Yeah, when you, when you became a water elemental, yes. And you had your armor. Swimming. Yeah, and I got my magic armor of swimming. And then we went... I'm going to have a small fall. Yes, he is. So, Tiny, the water here is definitely not calm. In fact, it's quite choppy. Um, and as you get about halfway out to this thing, um, you... Um, I don't know. You will, in fact, get another crack at swim check here. Yay! Do I get a bonus for my tree? No. <laughs> That's slightly better. Thirteen. Okay. So you are swimming quite slowly compared to the other two, yeah. and not going under, but getting dragged back by rips and tides and things periodically, and you get one more. You haven't yet either succeeded or failed hard enough. Behave, dice. There we go. 22. And it takes you several minutes to work out the patterns of the currents and things and work out where you're getting tugged and that to actually get your swim on properly. And you swim out and bobbing in the water, the three of you grab this thing and bowl it round. It looks like it is maybe a a piece of a long spar of the, the spar being the long bit that sticks out the front. Mm. Um, it looks like it's a chunk of that that's been ripped off the side of the ship. Um, along with it, there are several chunks of wood that are sitting with it. It's ch- ripped off a ship, rather. Um, <coughs> and coming around the edge, there's several planks still firmly nailed together, and then one's been snapped off halfway through by something, presumably a rock. Um, and you can see the sort of the writing on it, the heavy paint that is presumably the name of a ship. J E N I, and then it's snapped off in half. And then you remember something. Ooh. 
So, I think, I don't know very of you, have you ever played a white room game before? Where you get given character memories like this? Yeah, so, the, the concept is you get pieces of paper that give you extra memories as you uncover more of the plot, essentially. Um, and it's a question of, um, do you want me to read these aloud to people, um, or just hand them out for you to draw your own impressions from? Hand them out. them out, but there may be stuff that we don't want to share. Yeah, I, I will then go back and um, edit this and read them aloud in the audio and say, you know, Tiny receives blah, 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 blah. Yep. Um, so, Tiny, that one is you. Thank you. Uh, that one is you. And that one is you. Voice of the editor here. From here and on going throughout the game, the players will be receiving a string of pre-typed notes that are their memories as they uncover them and reveal more of what happened to them and why they're on the island. Uh, the players, of course, are receiving these in written format, so I'll be cutting in periodically to read them aloud for the audio. In this case, this is what they received. Lydia the Treasure Hunter. Jenny the Genevere. This broken nameplate is familiar. Yes, staring at its bright green paint, the smell of the sea in your nostrils, adventure guiding you onward. A hunt for pirate treasure! But it wasn't just adventure guiding you. Someone is behind you. Someone who needed you. Tiny, the Genevere. This shattered splinter of wood stirs up uncomfortable memories. Your back hurts and your lungs are filling with water. This is the ship you were on, yes. But why does seeing its broken nameplate make you feel satisfied in an odd sort of way? Zwi, the Genevere. Evil must be hunted wherever it may run. Your target attempted to elude you by taking passage on the Genevere. Unwilling to give up the chase you pursued. It should have been simple enough to find one humanoid among a few dozen once the ship set sail and there was no place to run to. But how did you end up here, on the island? Just keeping these oh, in your character sheet and so forth. And never letting the other players see them. <laughs> the Genevere. That was our ship. How did I forget that? Genevere. Genevere. I guess it has shipwrecked then. If it's just this bit. Yeah, like, this is this is not a very large bit of ship. The ship could have presumably survived losing this bit. It's just hard to see a circumstance where it doesn't the spar good. snapped, it lost its nameplate, and then the ship just sailed on perfectly fine. <laughs> Can we do anything with this? It's got some planks in it and stuff. You could, b- between the three of you, you could trivially tow it to shore. Well, let's, let's bring it ashore and, and look at it. Yeah. So... Yep. Swim, swim, swim. Swim, swim, swim. Yep, you pull it ashore. Hmm. Um, and, and have a look at it. Does anyone here have anything in the ilk of uh, proficient sailor, craft woodworking, knowledge ships, nope. architecture and engineering, anything that would tell you anything particularly specific about this? I've got knowledge civilization as no. the closest I can come. No. No. So it, it looks like what it appears to be, a snapped-off yep. piece of ship. Yeah. Well, on the bright side, if we need to make a fire, we've got some wood. Yeah, you could you could obviously burn it. Yeah. Um, you could snap bits of wood off. Other than that, it, it looks like what it appears to be. Uh, it's got nails in it. Hmm, yep. 
What you don't have is a method of getting the nails out. Yeah. Is it, like, a useful shape for, like, making, as a basis of some kind of shelter? Like a corner of a shelter or anything like that? It's pretty small. You're literally talking about a piece of pole yay long and maybe an arm and a half worth of bent wood around the side. Alright. Oh, well, maybe stash it here and come back for it if we have to... Yeah, I mean, that's not going anywhere. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah. you haul it several hundred metres, you know, yeah. hundred metres up the beach, you're pretty sure it's well out of the tide line at this point. It's certainly not going anywhere. Potential campfire. Um, oh, well, did we, um, did anyone figure out if those crab things were edible? Because, like, we left a crab thing corpse. You're welcome to make either a heal or a knowledge nature check, because I, you can, if, if you want to have brought it along and then yeah. left it on the beach, you mm-hmm. can have done so. I think we're both the same, so knowledge, I'm not sure. I think yep. it would probably be the lemon. Yep. Yeah, so you, you're pretty sure that, yes, you could eat it. Um, you would want to prepare it properly, though, because it's something that has poison sacs in it. If If you prepared it fine, if you prepared it well, it would be fine. If you didn't, you would potentially poison yourself in the process of eating it. Oh. Okay. So, can any, does anyone feel confident about cooking something? That's presumably a successful craft cooking check, or uh, survival, or um, some sort of cooking check. Okay, so you could <laughs> potentially prepare it. All right, then yeah, you're reasonably confident in capacity to do so. Let's say we brought the crab thing creature along. We don't want to carry all this stuff. What say we stash stash it under the chunk of ship yeah, so it's yeah. in the shade? Yeah, and and then we've got like a potential campfire. And a potential crab dinner. Good point. And we can come back here and recover both of them. Yep, sounds good. Cool. I will recover my rocks. But we haven't found any water, and we're going to need that before we need crab and campfire. Should we go? But it doesn't seem like maybe we need to go into the jungle. But I'm. We also haven't found any other people or the rest of the ship. All we found is this little bit of the ship. Oh, I hate to say it, but that size piece of the ship is very big. There might not be any other people. Yeah, if, if you had, like, professional sailor, you could confirm that or not. Yeah. But shouldn't there be some washed up stuff, though? I mean, if they... Front of the ship made it this far because he's not a sailor, so he doesn't know what it's called. <laughs> uh, if the front of the ship made it this far, then shouldn't there maybe there shouldn't shouldn't there be other stuff that had washed up? You know, besides us. I don't know. I don't know very much about ships. Can each of you give me a fortitude save versus the heat at this point? Finally, twenty. Twenty also as I kick in my bonus from Desert Child. I poke my tongue out at you. Okay. So you've you've actually been doing a moderate amount of physical labour yeah. in this really hot, hot bit of sun. Um, you two are freely sweating. Yeah. Um, as soon as you get out of the water, the water is actually quite not not really burning or, war, or even warm, but that very high tropics mm. water, so it's not exactly cooling. When you get out, you are sweating, you are kind of tired, but you're still good to go. Uh, Zwee, mm-hmm. alas, um, you are feeling the heat beating yeah. down upon you. You are now fatigued. 
that's whichever condition card I find first. Fatigued, there. Penalties to strength and dex, you can't run. Not madly relevant. Yet. You may have to go into the jungle. Yeah, I think it... it uh, do people know how to find their way back out of the jungle if we go in? Maybe. Oh, oh good. Yeah, that works. <laughs> okay, maybe, sweetie, you lead the way? Hey! Hey! Hello? You hear it coming in polyglot. Yeah. And as you glance around, you will see um, well off down the beach further right, um, there are a couple of shadows of clearly people kind of waving their arms at you and coming towards you and shouting yeah. at what must be the top of their lungs. And yeah. as soon as you start waving back, they go quiet. They, they stop yelling yeah. so loudly. And within a few moments, um, a couple of people come rolling up the beach towards you. Um, and you will see two people, um, one of, both of whom you will recognize pretty immediately. As you see them, your sort of head goes fuzzy for a moment and then you go, yeah, what, strangers? No, wait, I, I do know these people. This, this makes sense now. Um, one of them is Sasha Navarre. Um, this little red-headed halfling girl. Um, her clothes are pretty torn and beaten up. Um, her back is all exposed where it wasn't before, um, revealing that she now has this sort of red N-shaped tattoo of some kind on her back. Um, and the other guy shuffling up behind her, they take a while to get there, is pretty unmistakably Jask Dorindi. Um, he is a Mwangi human man, relatively lithe, um, has very rusted-style dreadlocks, big, heavy, unshaved beard, um, and he is dragging himself up, manacled hand-to-hand, hand hand, manacled foot-to-foot, shuffling along. And Sasha is sort of dancing and flipping around him, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And she, yeah, yeah. so Lydia waves happily, and then her expression kind of freezes, and then she sighs and waves anyway. She bounces up, to, bounces up towards you. Oh, as as well. <laughs> Says Jack, see, I told you, I told you, I told you, I found people. I f- oh, oh, it's you. Hey, Sasha. Jess, um. Maybe I can help you with those manacles. I found some pointy rocks. Uh, he, he looks at you. <laughs> pointy rocks? Uh, sure, if you if you think you can help with them. I can. He, he will sit down and point the locks at you somewhat. Yeah. So um, yeah, I I am under. So can yeah. the, you are um. In fact. There are nails in this thing, if I can... Yep, so this is a larceny check at minus two for yep. having really crap tools, as opposed to having no tools, which is substantively worse. All right, so um, can I say that I can prize loose a nail from the spar and use that just on the basis that I can... Or um, am I looking at very thin rock? You're looking at rock here. Okay, all right, well, I'll this find... This not a good setup. I will find a thin rock yep. and um, endeavour to pick the locks yep. on its manacles. So larceny at minus two. Yep. Uh, this is not a friendly situation. Thirteen. Okay, they very obviously do not ocean. You don't yep. have a very good tool for the job. If you're prepared to spend 20 minutes doing it, you can actually sit here and piss around and take 20 on yeah. it because it'll either open or it won't. Sounds good. This is, well, I, I am no good like this one. Let, let's go up into the shade. It's too hot out here. Yeah, good idea. He goes up, he sits under a tree. Uh, here we are, Miss... 
my name's Lydia. Ah, I, I see you on on the ship. I am Jask. Let me. It's nice to see you, Jask. But let me concentrate a bit, okay? This isn't the easiest thing anybody's ever done. So you fiddle with this, and Sasha sort of bounces up the two of you. So, um, not to sound like stupid, but where the hell are we? And how the hell did we get here? No idea, and the ship crashed. Uh, you're like not very helpful. Afraid not. Uh, so you found the shipwreck then? I point towards the uh, bit of the ship we found. Because yeah, we're like... <laughs> she, walks, she just brushes you off and wanders off to go and look at it. Yeah, I'm fine. Keep the crazy lady away from me. <laughs> I, I want to go talk to Jack. Yeah, well you can sit yeah, next to him. He's just sitting in the shade, which is probably a good place for you to be. <laughs> I'm leaning against a tree while keeping an eye on both Jack and crazy lady over there. Jack and Sasha. Can you give me a perception check? Oh, there is a thing called perception. Yes, there is. <laughs> so I'm asking you to roll it. Thirteen. Okay. So Sasha very obviously doesn't disappear off the beach. She does, however, disappear under the ship, uh, the, the loose, very loose shaded wall of the ship, mm. and disappears from sight for several minutes. Um, you sit down with, with uh, what's his name? Jask. Jask. As he's holding his hands up. So... I find I have a real pain. I find I have a real pain in my head, Mom. And uh, I was on the ship. And now I am on an island. Do you know where we are? No idea. We we walk up on the beach, uh, a kilometer or so that way. I feel like I am. Uh, this will sound crazy, but I feel like I am missing time. Yeah, you're not the only one. It's a lot I can't remember for some reason. And he, you know, basically asks, you know, what do you know? How did you get here? What the yeah, hell's yeah. going on? He has no more answers than you do. No, I'll talk to him. I'll talk. I'll talk to him in Mulangi. Ah, yes. But she will indeed speak. Oh, my God! Oh, my God! I look a bit annoyed at this and wander off. <laughs> So Lydia actually looks relieved. It's much easier to ignore the conversation and she's trying to concentrate. Sasha comes back with um with what appears to be this cracked crab creature like you had and is sucking the insides out of the shell. <sighs> hey! I found some food. The tail's poisonous. I was wondering why it didn't taste so good. <laughs> good thing I'm tough, eh? She's, she's eating it all. <laughs> Okay. Make him tough where she's from. No one told her it was, it was your phone. <laughs> and yeah, she's after guy, about 20 know. minutes, what is your total on your last knee check? If you are taking 20... So you, you roll the 20, add your last knee, take two off it. Yep. Um, so that would be... Uh, um, hold on. Uh, 26. Okay. Nice. Um you have tried every every trick and trap available to you in an effort to get these things open. Um, and they have yet to open. Wow. It is beyond your capacity to open this. Manacles are um, unsurprisingly designed to be extremely hard to pick. No, I think and this is certainly not the best of conditions. I'm gonna call on um I'm gonna call on you to 
find, to use one of my bashy rocks, tiny, this picky rock is not going to do it. I need my um, things. Well, nor <laughs> <Lock picks. laughs> nor are you going to be able to open these by just bashing them repeatedly with rocks. You're going to break your locks long, rocks long before you break um, them out. What I'm right. looking for is manacles are two bracelets linked by a chain. Yep. What I'm looking for is to break the chain, not the yep. manacles. Yeah, this these, is... are, these are made of solid, high-quality steel, basically. Right. Yeah. Tempered steel, it's, probably. It's presumably doable with sufficient time, even with just rocks, but you could spend weeks trying to break these with rocks. It's right. the chip, 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 chip. Yes, After three days, you've made the tiniest indentation. Right. It, even with a proper axe, you'd still, um, still have to have struggle. a pretty decent go at it. It wouldn't be yeah. one cleave, snap, they're broken. I'm, real, I'm sorry, Jask. I just don't have the right stuff for the job. Not exactly a surprise here. The, um, these are really quality manufacture. I don't suppose you and any of you know where the key is. I'm not even certain I knew where it was on the ship. Probably on the body of whoever put the chains on you. Well, I think... Well, they might have survived. Shakes his head and rubs his head. I think someone had it. Sorry, that's not very helpful. That's okay. We can look for other people, but I think we'd be better look for thin metallic objects of the file variety. But I think first we should look for water. We'll keep an eye on you, Just. We need to take care of each other. And Simon glances Sasha as best we can. Yeah, I think we should come. We should all stick together. It's the safest thing. It's the safest thing to do. But I will be very limited assistance to you. Mark. No, that's okay. We can keep an eye on you, and if we can find something, we can um, try and break them. But on the plus side. Out of all of us, you've got the closest thing to a weapon. That doesn't really qualify. They'd be fine if we could break them for off for him. The gods would protect me if I had my holy symbol and wasn't chained hand and foot. Who do you follow? A variety of gods. He says, just shrugging the question off entirely. Yep, that's fine. You doubtlessly see if he actually had a holy symbol started waving it around, but he's very obviously not going to be up to any spell casting. Alright. But yes, he is in fact a cleric. Oh, nice. So it is the... We need one of those. Yeah, yeah, that's a plus. Um, we, it is 10.13. Are we approaching a dramatic climax as we sort of wander into the jungle? Uh, we, we are certainly not, um, but we can close out here. Yeah. Um, so what is your intent? You've basically wandered along a section of beach and found a couple of people... Um, actually, uh, can you give me, um, a survival check here? Uh, can I make, can I try it as well? Just yes, you can. Might as well. No, sorry, um, I think wisdom rather than survival. Oh, okay. Well, more just, about, um, well, just, you can just add your dice roll to your wisdom modifier. Um, I got a 16, so I don't pass. Yep. <laughs> no, of course. So, yeah, you add your wisdom, your total wisdom to your dice. So, no, she's doing survival. Well, no, no, wisdom yeah, check. Oh, so, so 14, 14 plus whatever you roll. Four. So, 18. So. Yep, you're all tired, you're out of it. You're yep. not, if there's a smart conclusion here, you don't think of it. So, you turn to basically um, 
head into the jungle. The theory being we need water and it doesn't seem like we're going to find it along this sort of very hot tropical beach. Yep. So the way... Um, you, you are, however, pretty sure um, that's why that finding... Um, sweetie, sorry. Keep my sitting. Um, you are, however, pretty sure that finding water and food in this jungle should be quite doable. Even having just poked a couple of metres in, you can hear lots of animals... It's thick with life, which suggests there are fresh water sources, springs, wells, lakes, whatever in there. So this should be quite doable, but basically um, the way survival checks work, for food and water and things... Um, but also health, if any time she needs to roll a survival roll, Mary would roll higher than a six. You'd be having really rotten luck with the survival. Everything counts. It's rolled really well. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd be doing a fine job generally. It's just for whatever reason, whenever it's yeah. survival, the dice fail you. So survival here, um, you move half your speed, and you can hunt and forage for food and water, which you are very certain you will not only be able to do here. You actually get a bonus to doing it because the environment is very full of food and water, um, and you can provide food and water for other people for every couple of points by which your result exceeds a certain amount. Um, but it's a question of how much exploring you want to do for stuff versus how much time you want to put into the jungle and that. And so I think at that point we will probably um, leave that be unless you want to get seriously into exploring the hex or whatever. No, I think um, we will worry about the search for food and water at the next session. Okay, so you go to turn and head into the jungle. Yep. Um, Sasha and Jask obviously um, are also both unarmored and unarmed. Um, Sasha was looked look presumably armed on the boat. She had several knives around at various points. Yeah. And Jask presumably wasn't at any point, given yeah. that the medical guy and different weapons. But yes, we have washed up somewhere. Um, too busy even to attempt to work out where you are. Yep. With memories missing. Two other strange castaways. And wondering what will happen next. Dun dun dun. dun.